razor's edge. The razor's edge, guys. And we know you movie fans out there. We know you like that one. That is, it is a classic starring Gene Tierney, Tyrone Power, and Baxter, Clifton Webb, John Payne. Just an all-star stellar cast, right? It is. It is. It was made in 46. And the director is Edmund Goulding, who had a very unique directing style. Uh, the producer was Daryl F. Zanuck. Uh, the designer is Oleg Cassini, who also was married to uh, star Gene Tierney. Well, we'll get into the, that a little bit more later. Um, I love how Herbert Marshall plays a oh, double yes. Somerset mom yes. who actually wrote The Razor's Edge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you briefly the setup for this movie. And the movie is about the central character. Uh, his name is Larry, and Larry has just returned from World War I. And Larry has had uh, what I call survivor's guilt. On the very last day of the war, the irony was that his life was saved by a friend and you know fellow uh, fighter, and that person lost his life, and Larry was living, and he's bewildered by this. He's shattered, he's thinking like, what, why did this happen? What's the meaning of life? There's right. got to be more to it. And so the scene opens in this party, and it just seems to be so, in, you know, life just doesn't seem to be, uh, like, relevant. And he needs, and it's his search for meaning in life. And this is where the movie takes off, and it takes him on this quest that he has, and his love interest does not understand that. And you see him on this journey to find meaning and he, in the travels that it takes him, but it has a ripple effect on all the other people that are in his life. And so that's what we're going to be talking about is the movie's uh, journey, which is about two and a half hours. But as I was telling Moya earlier, this movie is so engrossing, it doesn't feel like it's two and a half hours long. No. And what year you said? 1946, right after the war. Right, yeah, right, right after the war. And um, I don't know if Georgia, once when it says, but you are a veteran. I am. And which branch? Army. Army. And have you have you ever yourself or uh, felt the way Ty Tyrone Power plays Larry? Uh, his character felt um, or known, if not you, like I said, any of your fellow fellow veterans felt survivors guilt. We know about PTSD those who were in battle, and that's a different thing. But survivors guilt can be just as crushing as if you, you know, were in the battle or got hurt or whatever. Have you had anybody or yourself experience anything like that? Well, you know, um, I think I saw that somewhat in, in my dad because I think he had what we now call PTSD. Mm -hmm. And and it, it manifested itself and I think it kind of affected the whole family. So yeah, on a personal level I can say, yeah, I do know of somebody who had that. My experience was during uh, peacetime. I, so this movie is touching on a theme about the meaning of life. And one of the things that he learns when he goes and he has this, he, he visits with a defrocked priest. And this priest tells him that there is a holy man mm -hmm. that he goes to visit. 
And when he visits this holy man, he tries to lead him to discover these things for himself. But through this movie, um, the way it is portrayed, and it doesn't spend a whole lot of time on it, and it doesn't really matter what a person's religion mm -hmm. is, because it doesn't really say right. you have to be a certain religion or a certain right. path. It doesn't really go into that. But what it does is it shows you that the path, the reason they have the uh, title The Razor's Edge is because they say the path to salvation is like walking on a razor's edge. Mm -hmm. And he learns through this uh, experience that he has about the real joy and the beauty that's in life and he it makes him like be, learn that you know a lot of it is like goodness if you can be uh like help other people and be really good and and live your life that way that will infuse your life with more meaning and so he kind of he still you know that he acknowledges the journey doesn't stop it never quits but um so you see this character and the effect that it has on all the other people around him. Right. And, you know, this is uh, the both of the, and, and, and the, the time, actual time frame of the movie, and in the movie itself is post-war time. And this is a time where you're having a lot of uh, existentialism and people thinking like that. Um, and after every war or disaster or something like that, you know, everybody starts to think about what what was it all about? You know, why why do we do this? Look at the lives that were changed or destroyed. And so it was so very timely that uh, when Mom wrote that for the World War One um, time frame, and then you know, in World, then after World War Two, this this movie was released because that was. The, the thinking at the time to get there and you got there those people it was diverse that's diverse it was people from every walk of life and every culture there trying to come to terms with their lives and themselves and so we don't want to give away to but there was a lot of sayings that the holy man and you know it was good it was, it was so it was uh what's the stuff everything everybody it was new age before it was new age yes it was yeah and I think it started all this other these yeah. other movies mm -hmm. about things like that you're right it right. did right um yeah the transcendentalism and, yes. the, and the Middle Eastern thing yeah. like especially during the sixties you know right. like hippies they tried to yeah you know, that, that that was that was this was like way yeah. before this was right. like the very beginning so this is kind of cutting razor's edge is cutting edge yeah it started this is like where it all starts but it does it in a way that's not all like it's not real hippy dippy no it, it doesn't get in it doesn't no. do that it, it, and uh, that's one of the things that I like about the writing of this movie because it's just yeah so mom cool. is a master um w somerset mom of course i'm drawing blanks he's done so many different works just so when you look at razor's edge it transcends time so let's go back to the movie so top uh larry tyrone power goes to the party totally different person yes. but we have to give some backstory because before he went to the war uh, well gene so let's talk about gene the gene tyranny um, you know, we never want to give too much away. Those two had a relationship. And I, am I getting the time frame wrong? Before he went to the war, they, they were in love. She was in love, there's no doubt. But she played this little game with, with Larry, Tyrone Power, um, 
you know, well, if you love me, those type of games, you, you know, with him. And he was broke, you know, he was out of his, her, their class, you know. So, and John Payne, who she eventually winds up marrying, you know, he's always, uh, like the comedian Chris Rock said, the uh, calm down guy. He's the, what I call the breaking case of emergency guy. The guy that's always there. That if you can't get the one you really want with well, this slump, he's standing right there. Just marry him. So John Payne plays that guy. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that. Yep. So and so, but Larry was just enthralled with Jean. What's Jean Tierney's uh, character name? I can't remember. Isabel. Isabel. I mean, they. You know that he was. He worshipped her. But again, when people go go through things like going to war or going off to college or have these adulting type situations in their life and they come back and change and the people around them have not. Well, here's your story. So he comes to, then he went to, like I say, went to see the, the, the holy man. He comes back. So, and Jane Tierney now um, has married um, Joan Payne, but we're leaving a, a piece out with, so their circle of friends includes Ann Baxter, her husband. And so go ahead, I'll, I'll let you, cause, because they all meet up um, kind of at Isabel's wedding, at the wedding, right? When they, um, That's right. Yeah. They do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and Herbert Marshall, W, who plays W, so he's playing the the, the writer in this yes. in this story. So they all know each other; they're all friends. Yeah. Yes. And nothing is lost on Somerset Mom. The way he inserts himself into this movie, he's an observer, but he's also a character. Yeah, in the movie. which is it's, very very unique. I yes. would think at the time to do that. And yeah. and Herbert Marshall plays that role in such a restrained yeah, way. Very, yeah, very fine. And he will say something that's like huge yeah. and, yes. and, and impactful, but he does yes. it in such right. so, a way that it's like, because he's so restrained, it's right. huge. It's huge. And uh, Somerset Mom knows that the character Isabel, even though she's marrying Gray, and because Gray is going to be able to support her in the lifestyle right. that she's accustomed to, he knows. Yes. She has still not gotten oh, over Larry. Oh, no, please. No. She is still in love not with Larry. stretch of imagination. Right. And so um, she goes on to have two children with Gray, um, who's played by John Payne. And unfortunately, the stock market crash occurs in 1929. And... He's broke, and all of the investors are broke, and he feels so horrible about it, he has a severe nervous breakdown right. and is plagued by headaches. Right. And he can't work. He can't hold down a job, anything. And so it's gotten so bad to the point to where Isabel has to sell her jewels. And, but uh, you would never really know it in a way because her, um, I believe he's her uncle, uh, Elliot, Let's them live in one of his like this is the Clifton vacation. Webb's character. Yeah, vacation mm -hmm. homes and Clifton Webb is, is a treasure in this movie yes, as well. Yes, yes. And uh, a little aside here, Clifton Webb was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and he's got some well one really juicy scene that I really like, but we'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so the movie carries on where um, he comes back from his journey to India. And everybody can see Larry. Larry. Larry is a changed man. Right. And I, the scenes that you see Larry in, to me, Tyrone Power is mesmerizing. Right. That's one of his better roles. He yeah. is just, you can't take your eyes off mm -hmm. of him. Really great trivia for you viewers and for <laughs> Moya. 
about the director. When he was doing, I'm, we're going to go back a little bit and talk about when he was doing the scene where he meets with the holy man. Mm -hmm. And you can see that he's been, um, you know, he's had an epiphany, mm -hmm. so, an experience here where he's, he's feeling like he's, um, like, understands, like, God better and or right. like God has, like, moved him. Well, to get the right look on Tyrone Power, the director told him, you will not have sexual relations before you, <laughs> you be, wow. for, for days before you Talk do this about scene. Suffering for and a you role. know what? And you know what? Tyrone Power said he did it. He went without sex. He went <laughs> no cold sex. turkey. He went yes. He went cold turkey. But the director said he got the look, the aura on him, the look. <laughs> And I thought, for someone like Tyrone Power, maybe it would, I was afraid it would have had the opposite effect. Yeah, oh, right, right, you know, right, yeah, yeah. I'm all bottled up. Super sexy, Reaching yeah. Blood, you know. <laughs> this man is so, yeah, he's so sexy. So, Georgia, should that, maybe that should work for, for, for well, hell, I'll rather be wrinkled and, and <laughs> boobs to the knees, because we ain't stopping that. He would go, this is how I want you to play the scene. He goes, now I'm going to be you for a minute. Is that okay? Then he'd like put himself in front of the camera and say, I'm going to be Larry or I'm going to be um, Isabel. And I'm going to, this is how I want you to play it. And Clifton Webb hated that. He hated it. And he kind of, he kind of like, you know, made digs at the director. Or what, but hey, the movie was. Hey, got you an Oscar nomination. It's a classic. So. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. So that guy, I mean, yeah. so he, he did pretty well. But they, they said this was a very. Happy set. Yeah. And there was such great professionalism on it. Yeah, they, I mean, it, it clicked well. And so I want to go back. So we have, we're not going to forget because you know my girl in there, Miss Ann Baxter. She is in there. That's Sophie. We're going to talk about that. Um, but let's just visit, just for a touch, John Payne and his, his character, Gray and Isabel Jean Tierney. Let's talk about their relationship. Do, did you think. John Payne knew that Isabel didn't love him. Ooh, man, that's a great question. I didn't see the same level of passion in their scenes or when they interacted together. And I felt that she cared for him, but I think in some core part of him, yeah. I think he kind of, he knows that. Because not, it's not just because they had a past history. But because when he comes back on the scene again, you can tell that she is... She can't hide it. If you're she, and you Somerset Mom, he sees it immediately. He, oh, you, yeah. Well, he you can feel it. it. You can feel it. She, boom, it's just like a, like the boat electricity when when she sees Larry, when they, she, you know, she, and, and I think Somerset Mom, her Marshall's cat, you know, looks at, you know, and he even warns her. A couple of times, you know, um, don't destroy what you have, and you know this type of stuff. But yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I totally agree with you, and I laugh at that, and it just shows you the mastery of the performances of these actors, because they let the audience know we're in on it. But John Payne, and he doesn't play an idiot. He's not an idiot at all. 
But I think he loves Isabel so much. That, it, you know, with certain relationships with, with people, I love you so much, it doesn't even matter, you know, that you may have feelings. For, because you're, I put you on this pedestal. She was on a pedestal to him. He worshipped her. And it never occurred, or it either never occurred or it didn't matter as long as he, she would still be in his world. And they had two kids, like, and their kids were big. They were like, they were like six and four, two girls. They were living in Paris at the, at the time, in France, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I was curious to know, what did you think? Because I, I, when I look at it, like, man, don't, doesn't he know she still loves him? But no, he, I don't think he had a, had a you like you said, deep down inside the core. He may not have admitted it to himself, but I think he kind of he he had to sense. But that. he, but he, yeah, he I, had to. I, I'm torn because, like again, I don't know if it because it was Tierney's performance or how it was written or directed, how they were played it, or how he played it because he never let the audience know that he thought that they had That's anything. Right. So I don't think he really suspected anything. Probably not, but mm -hmm. you know, to us. You know, we see how she lights up yeah. when he comes back. Right. In, but life. she's very cool, though. She's cool very, with Very it. cool. Right. You have but, to be Somerset mom really paying attention. And I talk about Sophie. Yes. Sophie, well, you, you go ahead on Sophie. Okay, they both have this friend that they've had since childhood. Mm -hmm. Her name is Sophie. Mm -hmm. And Sophie is... Ambassador's character. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is such a brilliantly played role. Just and one of the Sophie best played roles. Is the epitome. She won an Oscar for that, I think. For this. She did. Yeah, best supporting. She won mm -hmm. for best supporting mm -hmm. actress. Totally right. deserved. And they see her at the beginning of the movie, just in the, in the party scene where everything's kind of frivolous. She's happy. Yeah, she's her and her love. husband. Yeah. And she's and she's uh, about to be married. Mm -hmm. And. She is the epitome of right. innocence and joy right. that you see on this character. Right. And um, the thing is, is, she later does get married and she has a child. Mm -hmm. And um, and then after you know uh, a time, there is a very tragic occurrence. Right. There is her greatly, and there is a scene later on. And we it leaves it there. There is a scene where. Uh, Larry comes to visit Isabel, and they go out for a night on the town. Right. They go uh, night clubbing, and she decides to kind of go slumming a little bit, so she goes to like the little bit more sleazy side of town. Yes. They go to this like French dive bar, mm -hmm. and who should they run into but Sophie? And they almost don't even recognize Sophie because she has gone through such a dramatic transformation, and for the world. Um, because it talks about what we talk about now. So she would be a, a, a prostitute. Girl, it's just devastated by the loss of her family. And she has gone down a dark path. So she's on opium. She's an alcoholic. And, you know, Ann Baxter plays this wonderfully. You know, Ann Baxter was very young, very nice looking. Um, and so it's hard to make her look horrible. But we were talking about the class system that was in Europe. Jean Tierney, she comes from money. Her uncle Clifton Webb's character, they come from money. And so to go to be with the locals, they're slumming, okay, that night. So they see Sophie, and they're all like, oh my gosh. But didn't Larry ask, he asked um, 
Isabel about Sophie as to think like, you know, thinking that she would still keep in contact with her after yeah. the accident. And he kind of felt shocked or, you know, kind of dismayed that Isabel, like, you know, just whatever. And then, then Isabel said, well, I tried to keep up with her, but, you know, she went on another way. So she just yeah. dismissed poor Sophie. Yeah. Then they see her in this, in the bar, in the club, and she is just tore up. She is just, it's sad, is what it's sad. It is so sad to see the way this character has, and she is, the way that she plays this role is, she even looks puffy. I mean, she just looks like she's yeah. kind of deteriorated. And right. I thought, man, what an acting job for, for Ann Baxter to be able to pull this off like this. I mean, she's so convincing that yeah. way. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you see, you remember how she was early in the movie. She's all I mean, happy and light, cute, right. and everything. And it, it, it was kind of shining down, yeah. And uh, <laughs> as Moya uh, so well pointed out, he has taken on the role of trying to help her out here. Right. And so um, when they go to the restaurant scene later on, where they're all together. She is turning down liquor every single time that it's offered to her. And you can tell, like, it's taking an effort. She's stealing herself up, but, up for it, but she's doing it successfully. And um, Larry's looking on with her with such pride, like, yeah, yeah. But he's not saying a word, but, you know. Because um, at this point, what we left out, he takes on the role of reformer and savior. He takes on the role of trying to rehab her. Yeah. And because we saw earlier how he helped Gray um, with his migraines, and Larry basically hypnotized him yes. and stopped his yes. migraines. So, and this is what he was taught when he went to visit the holy man about, you know, how to get a hold of yourself and try to take hold of your destiny. And, this, you know, this is, you know, like we said, this is what's going on at the time. And this is what happens. How he uses on Gray, how he uses yes. on Sophie. So, and then, so also in this, this time frame where Sophie is, you know, she's sober. and But, again, this is so, like anybody who's had gone through addiction or anything, the way, I don't know if Baxter studied people who are addiction and withdrawals, but someone had to. Because even today, anyone who's gone through addiction and rehab and they're clean and sober, the way she played it, no, she's not actively abusing anymore, but she still is traumatized. She's so she's struggling. It's like every breath, every act of trying to be sober is just as crushing as if she's taking something. Yeah, because yeah. it takes such effort. It for takes her such the effort. desire is still there, right. but she is trying to master it. She's, right. she's still every moment she's trying to conquer it. I mean, it's right. still an active, ongoing thing. You know, it's not natural to her. Right. But she is right. still. Right. Right. Uh, you know, she. And, and you see, like Moya said, she was so, he Larry was so successful in helping out the Gray character, Isabel's husband, and yet you see him again, where we think he's achieving success and helping out Sophie. Right. And that this whole scene right here lays the groundwork for Isabel making an interesting proposal to Sophie. She. She says, well, how about as a wedding gift to you, I want to buy your wedding dress for you. And he says, oh, she's already got it. And she goes, no, 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 we'll go shopping tomorrow. Right. Pick you out a wedding dress, but you need to come to my house tomorrow at 3, and then right. we'll go and we'll shop for a wedding dress. And so the next Cause, day. Cause we, we left this out. So Isabel is 
furious because Larry has offered to marry Sophie. Now, there's nothing romantic going on whatsoever, but this is a part of him rehabbing her, which, okay, let's just park it right there. I didn't appreciate that at all. You're not, you're doing me a favor by marrying me. I mean, so I don't, I think that made Sophie feel even worse because this is a pity, a pity play. So I don't, I think that helped bring her down. It would have brought, made me, bring me down to know Tyrone Powell doesn't really love me. Just marry me because I'm a crackhead and trying to reform me. I think that was, that was, I think that was pressure on her too. I, I don't know if you see it like that. I think that he always looked on her as somebody that he felt a great fondness for. I don't know if it was the love and the passion no, that he had. No, 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 no. But no, no. there was still, I think, it was still a love, but it was kind of like, in a way, like, like maybe a, how you would love a sister, a little sister, or a... Yeah, but you it, don't it marry was, a sister unless, you know, and I'm they shared poetry together, and there's a scene that I want to talk about later on about the poetry and, and that they shared yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And, and they did have that. So, I'm way, I guess you really touched on it. You know, that, that, if you're that, Sophie, I can't, I can't deny that. There's yeah, if I'm Sophie, I think that would have added to my angst and anxiety about getting sober because he had not dealt with the traumas. And like, okay, so we go to the following day and Sophie and Isabel are in her home and she feels a little uncomfortable because there's this grand home that she's in. And lo and behold, there is a beautifully, um, a, a tray mm -hmm. and it's got that same that exact liqueur. Right, that they had early, another scene had. had went on and on and on about, it was Clifton Webb's favorite drink and Gene Tierney, they were drinking it in front of Sophie, which was burning Tyrone power up because they know she's in recovery and they're going on and on and, and, and they kept offering Sophie and then she kept, you know, resisting. And so here's the liquor now. You yeah. Know? And then on top of that, another thing that she does is she opens up that wound. Have you noticed that she has the, she says, I have to pick up my daughter right. from the That's dentist. And she says, oh, and here's a picture of my dog has the picture. Knowing that this lady no, has lost she says, her and child. How old would she goes? Well, my own daughter would have been right. This just age. Torture, and she's like, torturing. She's torturing her. Looking at the picture yeah. of the, this beautiful child that it, that it is right. She's torturing Isabel's. Mm -hmm. She is just, just absolutely torturing. Horrible. Yes. Horrible. Yes. Yeah. You can see it all just right. playing out. Right. And and, and and Baxter, like I said, we, you know, those of us who love these movies, we love superb acting. And we're being tortured. Yes. The audience, you are being tortured with Ann Baxter. That's how a wonderful mom and a director and these actors are. Because you are now, you and Sophie are now simpatical. And now you're being tortured with Sophie. And you, and I don't know about, I felt as helpless as Sophie. I could have just yes. cut the TV off and went boop or walked out the room. I know. But the scene, because we yes. all know where this is going. Yeah. But oh lord! <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. and the thing is, is it, it you feel like it is a spider with a yes. fly. <laughs> That's exactly and what it is. There is 
she is no sitting this up. She's leaving her alone with this alcohol that she keeps offering to her, making her feel like she yeah. She goes. To, I have to go do something. Yeah, go pick, pick up, up my daughter girl. from the dentist, yeah. uh -huh. but I'm gonna leave you here. I'll be right and back. Right. You're and it is like the most evil, evil. diabolical thing right. that you're yes. watching unfold yes. here. And I told Georgia that I said because you know Georgia hadn't seen Razor's Edge yet. And I said, Georgia, there's a scene between um, uh, uh, so, uh, Baxter and Tyranny that is so evil. I said, I said, I'm not going to tell you anything. I said, but it is one of the most villainous scenes. Forget whatever you saw, Darth Vader or whoever you think was the word, the wicked yeah. witch or what. I said, this was so evil and disgusting. I said, and so when I first saw the movie and saw that, I couldn't believe that it happened. And you know, I've seen movies a million times, but I could not believe just how cruel that was. And yeah. I'm surprised they didn't cut it off the picture because you know, Hollywood tried, this is, you know, whitewashing. Yeah. They could have, I'm glad they did not cut that out and they gave it to us, but it was really cruel and tough to watch on the audience. I would have been crying up that, like back in the day, what had I not been exposed to what, you know, we've seen. I'd have been crying my eyes out in the. Uh, I, I think I'd have to leave yeah. the movie. I would have left the show. I don't think I could have finished the movie when I saw her doing that because that was just horrible what she did to her. Well, you're thinking about not only how much you love the fact that Sophie is trying so hard and what she's overcome, but you also think also think about she's doing this to Larry too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she's she's. Yeah, uh, she, I, I, and, and you, that's like, a very good point. She's yeah, doing she it to is, him. Too. She is. She is. She's making she's him pay for how yeah. dare you not love me or, or show me you love me because you know she's like Scarlett O'Hara with mm -hmm. Ashley. I know you love me. And Tyrone Power, Larry, he 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 pretty much acknowledges it, but he's like, you're too dangerous. Like you're not good for me. Yeah. And uh, he know yeah. he knew he made the right decision because yeah. he wasn't just running away from the what happened with the war. He was running away from Isabel because he knew he could not be the man he needed to be with her because she shunned him. You know, we go back to that. She always was a bitch. She was. She and, always. you know, there's a scene earlier where she's going to try and manipulate this thing <clears throat> and seduce him and force him to marry her. And her uncle played by, by Clifton Webb. He catches on. He goes, oh, you know, she's wearing something low cut. And uh, she's dressed purposely this way because she's going to take him back and she's going to seduce him. And then later on, she, her plan is going to be, well, you got to make an honest woman out of me. But all of a sudden, at some point, just before she decides to do that, she backs out of it. She decides not to do that. And so she lets him. And so they break up. As much as he, it tears him up to do it. Right. You know, she's like, nope, nope, that's it. We're done here. I, I really think she expected him to run after her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then here we are later on where he knows that she is still caught up and she, all she cares about is her lifestyle right. and materialism right. and all that. And if he can't deliver the goods, then it's like, well, you know, so you get the feeling she just kind of wants to keep him on the side. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Like and, and, thing, and he you know? does not want to be that person anymore. He yeah. wants. So, I, I, so we, the last character we did not touch on, I will give enough credence to Clifton Webb. That's the uncle. So, <laughs> and so it's hard. We don't want to give away too much. 
I am not gonna give away if, if if you get mad at Georgia because I'm not gonna give it away. He gets his comeuppance. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna he does, give away too much. I, I have never seen because he was such a snob. His, his the lot, but Larry does something really wonderful. He does. He does for him. And even yes, though he didn't deserve the Uncle it. Elliot didn't really care for right. his character Larry right. at all. He didn't like right. him. Right. He does something so generous and so yes. for a person who's wants something so badly. Yes. And uh, yes. and he's dying, and he he does something so wonderful and generous and considerate for him. Yes. But I have to tell you, that's that final that la the there's a last scene in the movie it has Clifton Webb in it. It was not only. Poignant, but uh, like a second later, I was laughing because of uh, what he says. <laughs> I have to tell you off camera, Moya. Okay, I think I know. What, if you say it, will it give it away? Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> it won't give it away. Okay, I, I think I know what he's talking Performances are wonderful, and if a per if seeing black and white makes you mm -hmm. not uh, because you've always been exposed to color, let me tell you something. The scenes in this movie are so richly Indeed. detailed; they yeah. glow. Right. This is yeah. like one of the most beautiful examples you will ever see of black yes. and white, the black and white genre. So, for at least those two reasons, you do want to see it because the set is amazing, the uh, the acting, the way. I mean, when you see. Gene Tierney and Tyrone Power together, they are dynamite yes. together. Yes. They have amazing chemistry. And um, so I, for those reasons, this movie is uh, one of those you really do need to see. And I'm so, I couldn't believe I hadn't seen it all these years. And so when I finally saw it, I got it. Now I know why. I'm so happy that Moya recommended I see it because I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And you took the words right out of my mouth. When you said it makes you think, it transcends time. Um, all of us, we think about 
you know, what does my life mean? What is the meaning of life? What should I be doing with myself? How do we handle trauma, uh, drug abuse? I mean, stuff we're still dealing with today, uh, political turmoil and, and, and uh, wars and such. But no, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, so Razor's Edge, Tyrone Power, Gene Tierney, and the rest, Ann Baxter, Herbert Marshall, John Payne, Clifton Webb, please see that version only. Yes. <laughs> please see that version. And let us know what you think about it. We'd love to hear your feedback.